How many of you brought your Bibles this morning? I know I've been gone a bit, but the Bible don't change. You need to have your Bible open up to the chapter of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 15. I got a question. What is God really like? What is God really like? The thing of it is, I, I, I've been thinking about this. Some people say the most important question is, do you believe in God? I don't agree with that. The most important question, I believe, is what God do you believe in? Do you understand? Everybody serves something. Everybody, whether you believe it or not, even atheists. Do you know that the atheist said, I had an atheist say, I don't believe in religion. Well, that's a religion. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just think about it. Everybody believes in something. Everybody serves something. You see, I, I, I started questioning, what, what is God really like? It, you know, the, the, the problem is, is we gotta, we gotta think about this. Is, is God actually like the, you know, the Muslim God, Allah? Is He actually the one who's going to say, you know, strap a bomb to yourself, kill a bunch of innocent people in order to get to where you want to be in heaven? Do you call, you consider that God? Do you understand what I'm trying to say is what's scary is when you have a God that you have created to fit your world instead of changing your world to fit what God needs. That's dangerous, you all. You see, we have the, the opportunity. I started thinking about this. There's all ways that we can go about this. There, there, there's uh, the deists. Anybody know what the deist is? The deists believe that God created the earth and it's like a watch. He created it like a watchmaker and put all the pieces and parts in place and he wound it up and he backed up and let it go. And he has no control over what happens now. I don't believe that, do you? I believe that God can make a way where there seems to be no way. I believe that God can bring healing just like He did because guess what? He said the stripes on His back were for my healing. Do you understand? Hinduism teaches that there are numbers of gods and goddesses, uh, but the greatest god is Brahman and, and, and the impersonal but... The most persuasive force is a person. Buddha is just a fat guy with an earring. I want you to think about this. All of these gods, all of these different things, do you know what? None of them are still alive but God. Jesus Christ came and showed He's the only one that we know rose from the dead. We're getting ready here to celebrate Easter. The actual celebration of after He went and took the keys to hell in the grave and came back and said, I'm in control. That's the God I serve. But you see, we have made God what we want God to be. Oh, I don't believe that we can't drink alcohol. The God that I said, said love is important. Well, why wouldn't I just love whoever I want to love? Well, be a pony. I don't care. But it's not God. It's your God. 
You see, the Bible says in the Ten Commandments, it says, there shall have no other gods before me. Do you know what that means? It says, and I am the one and only. Do you understand if you, if you make God less than what he is in the, in the book you got in your hand? Do you see the book you got in your hand? He tells you who he is. And he tells you what he expects of us. And if you change that, you just created your own God. Guess what? You're going to hell. I'm going to be honest, y'all, we got to quit being chicken noodle soup and walking around and not telling people the truth. Gary, people are going to hell because we're allowing them not to do and, and make gods of their own. Guess what? Your children need to know who God is. Your children need to know that rules are rules and God put them down in black and white. And if you follow those rules, eternity in heaven is yours. But if you don't, eternity in hell is guaranteed. Someone said, I can't believe you're going to preach about hell. Are you kidding me? I got something for you. Do you know if there was no sickness, there would be no need for a doctor? There would be no need for a doctor. And how many of you would go out, this is a scary question in today's day, and take a shot of something you don't even know what's in it because somebody told you to without no proof that it needed to be? How many people fell for that one? What I'm trying to tell you is, is we have a Savior because hell is real. If there was no hell, we would not need a Savior. But what God are you serving? Who is God in your life? Is He just somebody like the the force in Star Wars? May the force of God be with you. What does that mean? You just go around until... You're directed in a different direction? No! God said he had a purpose. You know what the problem is? Is some of us, like myself, are too ignorant to understand what our purpose is in the first place. Do you understand? I'm a hillbilly, y'all. I don't talk right. I got an accent. I, I don't speak well. There's a there's a, a book of the Bible. I'm going to say, I'm going to point to my wife and say the fifth book, and she's going to say it because my tongue don't allow me to do things. Let me tell you something. I should not be up here doing any of this. I told my wife, you're much more eloquent at speaking than I am. And she's like, nope, they're paying you. Well, my chauffeur wanted to preach today, and I wouldn't let her. I said, I'm just kidding. She's like, nope. I told her on the way here because I was struggling. God, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to preach? What's the word you have today? The word that God has for you today is this. You need to realize who he really is. You need to quit trying you know, my daughter, thanks God, is this mean guy up there throwing rules that are going to ruin your life. What do you mean I can't have drinks? That's what we do to relax. Can I tell you a secret? If you have to have a drink in order to relax, you may have a problem. Just putting that out there. 
I'm just telling you, you know, you know what happens is, 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 is I have somebody in, that I'm dealing with right now that is, that, what's it, uh, vaping. Well, you don't understand. I feel good. If you're having to have something to alter you, maybe you ought to start praying to God of saying, why am I needing something to alter me? What I'm trying to tell you is every one of us can have an excuse of why we're changing God to fit our world. Somebody asked me in our church uh, last Sunday, Pastor, am I going to hell because I smoke? And I said, no, it's just gonna, you just smell like you walked through. I don't care. That's not my decision. Am I going to tell you you're going to go to hell for having a beer? No, that's stupid. What I'm trying to tell you is why would you open the door to invite something in that can control your life and you not be able to get out? The first time I took a drink of beer, my, my intention was not to be an alcoholic. That wasn't my intent. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be accepted. I didn't want to be made fun of. I was 14, y'all. And then by 16, I was pretty heavy into having myself a sip or two or six every day. And then I was like, oh man, I lived in a preacher's house. I had to be straight before I went home because of, like, on the street I would be with skid marks and everything, right? I would just like flesh, a pound of flesh. That's me going down the driveway as I was booted. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. And the guy said, hey, don't worry about this, man. He could put this little powder out of a little thing on his hand. He goes, just suck that up your nose. You'll be good. Whoa. Holy smoke. I didn't sleep all night. And I was able to talk just like I do now, which is not better, but it wasn't flurry. You understand what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden I was like, well, now I can have the boast of both worlds. I can get kind of lit and then straighten up and then lit and then straighten up. And then I thought, wow, wait a minute. I feel like I'm talking 100 miles an hour because you know what? I'm doing things faster than I normally do. And if I do things faster than I normally do, I can make more money. If I make more money, oh my God, I can buy more stuff. It's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide for my family. I'm going to do all this. And you know what happened? All of a sudden that one little bump ended up being something bigger and I ended up putting needles in between my toes and shooting this stuff into my body because snorting it was no longer good enough. So let me answer your question. Will doing any of this stuff, smoking a cigarette, vaping, drinking, anything, will it send you to hell? No, but the road that you're opening up could. I, uh, my dad used to tell me all the time, son, do not, the Bible says, do not cause your brother to stumble. And I said, well, then tell him to quit following me. I'm not the leader here, y'all. You understand what I'm saying? What I was looking at is all about me. I'm not affecting anybody else. Do you know your life affects everybody you come in contact with? Every person you come in contact with, you are either going to be a positive or a negative influence in their world. That's the truth. I am nothing special. You guys got to understand. You already know that. I've been here long enough. You know I ain't nothing special. But I want you to understand something. We got to quit lying to each other. I had a young man ended up having an affair. And his, uh, and, and his world blew apart, lost his family, lost his wife, lost his house, lost his car. And he goes, I don't understand why God would allow this to happen. And I went, uh, what? 
Well, if God didn't want this to happen, why didn't he stop it? Because you know what? God loves you enough to give you free will. And you know what that means? He wants you to not be threatened in order to come to him. He wants you to willingly love and follow him. And what he does is he loves you so much, he's given you that latitude to go make your own stupid mistakes. That's the real. That's the hardest part for me to do. My wife will tell you. I've got a throttle hold on my family. My son, he's 21. Good looking dude. He is, looks just like his daddy. Man, we're sexy. Together, I'm the old and short. Of, you know what I'm saying? It's like, wow. Son, look what you get to look like when you get older. He's like, oh. I'm like, whatever. Anyway, I don't like him much. Here's the thing. My son is living in my house. I am old school. My house, my rule. I didn't think that was too much to say. My house, my rule. I pay the payment. I pay the electric. I buy the food. You will play by my rules. I'm 21. Then pack your 21-year-old butt and go get it on your own. But as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, which means every time you get a chance, your tail's in church. Unless you are working and not volunteering because, oh, I just volunteered because I don't want to go to church. You know, you know what? Overtime's great, but going to hell sucks. So here's what's going to happen. You live in my house. This is the rules you're going to do. You're not in charge of me. I checked it out. God put me in charge of you. I'm your daddy. And you know what? We butt heads. Can you believe that? He, he has to bend down, but we butt heads. Because you know what? Have you heard the story in, in Luke? And we're looking at the, at the prodigal son. You see, the prodigal son, he knew the goodness of living in his father's home. I want you to think. I want you to put two and two together here, all right? Some of you, that equals four. I just was helping you to get there. Here's the deal. Two and two together. The son knew the goodness of living in the protection of his father's home. It was given to him. He was an heir. Do you understand what that means? That means he didn't amass the property. He didn't build the stuff. What he did was he was born into. Are you hearing me? Born into. But he had all of the rights. Do you understand what's happening so far? And what happened is, this young man, I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this, all right? You can read the story. It's right there in front of you in the Bible. The young man gets tired of waiting for his daddy to die to where he can have all of his. You see, in Jewish law at that time, the oldest son would get two-thirds, and the third would go to the youngest son to anybody that had two children, two males. So he was tired of waiting for his third. And he was like, hey, pop. I understand. You're getting ready to kick the button. I, you know what? I'm young, sexy, good looking. I want to do this while I can still have fun with it. Give me what's mine. Now, I want you to understand. Can you not see this father's heart breaking? 
Because, you know, he couldn't just go write a check. Here you go. You know what he had to do? He had to sell pieces of property. He had to sell livestock. He had to amass the money to say, okay, son, here is your third of all that I own. All that I've amassed. All that would be yours when I pass, I'm giving to you today. Do you know if you had to sit there, and I was thinking about this last night. If I kicked my son or my son come and said, I'm leaving, I want what's mine. We have, our whole house is integrated. I find his underwear in my drawer and I find my pants in his closet. I don't understand how that happens. But I do know I have all my socks. He has like 16 mismatched pairs. Just saying, I'm doing something right. But here's the thing, in our home, everything, if he told me, Dad, I'm leaving, I want everything that's mine, the chore of going through all of our drawers, going through our weapons, going through our shoes, because we wear the same size shoe, All this stuff going through everything and picking out what was his and what was mine and what was his and what was mine. That would be heartbreaking to me to think of the finality of the clear separation of I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of living underneath your rule. I'm leaving. That process had to be heartbreaking for the father. We talk about the prodigal son. You know, it says that he went off. He partied hard, y'all. You know what I mean? You got all the money, all the good looks, all the age, everything. He was technoing out in a country afar. In other words, he got as far away as he could from the purview of his father. How many of you have children that you can say have known God and have walked so far away trying to get as far away as they can from the Father? Do you understand? It's called being a prodigal. See, a prodigal is not somebody who didn't know God. A prodigal is somebody who knew God and walked away. You see, what happens is is there's a promise. You see, he has a promise that who he is is who we need to look to. You see, I guarantee you this father regretted what he was having to do for this young son. How much more do you think God regrets your rebellion? How much? Do you know how I love my son? I do. I love him. I love my daughter. My grandson had his first baseball game yesterday, and and he enjoyed himself, which was an answer to prayer. And we had all this time. But, you know, I love my family. How many of you can say you love your family? How many say you would do anything? But do you know God loves them more than you could ever love them because of the depth of his love? You see, this young man that had an affair... He didn't understand. God loves you enough to set you free. Not only from sin, but from... Have you ever noticed the tighter you press your thumb down on your child, the harder they try to push away? Have you? Have you ever thought the harder the rules are, the more they buck against it? Do you know I was that fella? 
I was. My daddy told me when I was young, son, if you will take 10% of every check and give it to God. And then take that same amount and put it in savings. By the time you're ready to buy a house, you'll have a down payment. And your price will be lower and you'll be able to afford it. And I was like, 10% is a lot of money, hot rod. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it my way. This year was the first time I was able to afford a house. (laughs) If I'd only listened to the rules my dad set down, but I pushed so hard. I wanted everybody to understand my name was not Ernest L. Jr. No, I am Jeffrey L. L. Stupido. You understand what I'm saying? I was that guy. I did not want. I was little Ernie everywhere we went. And I fought from teenage into my young adulthood to be everything but Ernie Jr. I wanted to be me. And I wanted people to see me. And what they saw was a piece of garbage because I walked so far away from God. There was almost nothing redeemable in who I was. But God. But God, when God restored me, now, guess, you know what's funny? From the age of 24 till now, I've been fighting my entire life for somebody to say, you remind me of your daddy. I would give anything to hear somebody look at me and say, you're just like your dad. But I ran. You see, God regrets our rejection. God rejects, or he he is totally regrets our, our rebellion against him. He does not, it breaks his heart. What God do you serve? You, get, you serve a God who loves you so much, He'll let you go, but He's so wanting to pull you back. You know what's funny? Is I look back at when I was running from the Lord, and do you know how many opportunities God gave me to get straight, and I ran, and I pushed harder away? I need you to understand, the God I serve, the God that we serve, is a God who runs to you when you return. Do you understand this father, when he saw his son afar, is what it says, he saw his son coming, he didn't sit there and go, yeah, come on, buddy. Come back on your knees. Beg for what you need. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. It says when he saw his son, he ran to him. Do you know what? That's what God's showing us. He's telling us what he's doing is when your child, when you come back, and when you're a prodigal and you're coming back, God's going to meet you more than halfway because the son is walking and the father is running to you saying, I've been waiting for you to come back. You understand what had to happen in order for that father to run? You see, because they wore long robes do you understand that they were and what he would have to do anybody in there ladies ever wore a long skirt and you had to do something you had to pull your skirt up to keep from tripping on it 
He had to hike his little robe up, up high to where he could run. Dignified men at that time did not run because showing your bare legs was not dignified. He did not care. His son was coming home. He was going to go there. He was getting there. He ran to him. That's what God is doing. He's waiting for those who have walked away from him to come back to where he can run to them. He's going to meet you more than halfway. My son, we have this agreement, you know, we're going to talk, and if we disagree, we're going to split apart, we'll come back later, we'll talk, and we'll come to an agreement. I'm trying to let him be a man. The problem is, it ain't getting there fast enough. (laughs) But what has to happen is, you know what? If there's a time I have to let him go and I have to allow him to do his stupidness in order for him to see what's going on. And then, oh, and then he come back. you got to understand, God has given you that same freedom to give you enough rope. Hopefully you don't hang yourself. But he's always there waiting for you to come back and he's going to run to you. You see, this young boy finally came to his POTD. You know what that is? The point of total desperation. That's what we, you know. Just let me ask you a question. How many of you in here have somebody that you know knew Jesus Christ and has walked away? and, and, And you're wanting them to come back. If you have somebody in your life like that, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand. You have somebody. All right, there's a lot of hands. Almost everybody raised their hand in here, right? They knew somebody who served Jesus and has walked away and has turned their back and walked a different direction. Do you know what? Have you prayed this prayer? God, whatever it takes. No? I got news. That's a hard prayer to pray when it's somebody you really love. Whatever it takes. Because you know what? What normally it takes is a POTD. A point of total desperation where there's no out but God. Mom and daddy can't help me. Grandma and grandpa can't help me. Teachers can't help me. The cops can't help me. I'm in a position that the only one going to get me out of this is God. When that happens, when you start praying for a POTD experience in your children and those that have walked away, you better be ready to start running to them when they turn their back and come towards you. You see, we're not wanting to get dirty. We ain't wanting to get anything on it. Do you know sin splatters? That's why I don't slap some of you. I'm afraid some of it will get on me. I want you to understand what it is is sin gets on you a little bit. But if you have the power of Jesus Christ in your heart and you're serving Him and you're running to Him, guess what? It's going to fall off like you got Teflon or, or, or water on a duck's tail. you got to get ready to get dirty. You've got people that are going to hell. What God do you serve? What is your God really like? My God wants you in heaven for eternity. He doesn't want you to spend a minute in hell. That's the truth, y'all. I'm going to skip that scripture. <laughs> I'm not going to skip that scripture. There's a, it, it's in the fifth book. 12, 18 through 21. All right, if you want to look that up, that scripture in that book, 12, 
18 through 21. You see, there was a story like this in the Old Testament, just like the prodigal son. It talked about a boy who walked away from his father. And you know what? The Pharisees that were sitting there, all of them were looking and they were waiting for, yeah, we've heard this one. We've heard this one, except the story in the Old Testament came up different. The story in the Old Testament, when the boy came back, the father stood with his arms crossed and said, No, you get nothing. And in fact, the Jewish law at that time, if you had a rebellious son, you could take him in front of the, the elders and they would, you could say, This is a rebellious and stubborn son, and they would stone him to death. So can you imagine when they said they're sitting there and they're hearing the God, the God that he was here to represent, that Jesus Christ came to show was a God who said, no, we're not stoning him. We're going to run to him and we're going to embrace him and we're going to pull him back in and we're going to give him and restore everything that he took before we're going to restore back to him and some. You see, they had a view of what God was. Jesus came to earth to show you who God is. Who is God really like? When you... (laughs) When you start home, it's so funny. (laughs) I have this app on my phone called Find a Friend. And, and my mom, I, I know she's in Oregon right now. And my daughter, my daughter's still in bed in Houston right now. And, and my son is asleep in his house because he didn't get home until 10 o'clock after working all night. So I know he's sleeping right now. And my niece is probably at, in Houston at church uh, right now. You understand? I've got all this stuff. I can find my friends. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, my son, he, he turned his location off the other day. And I was like, what are you hiding from me for? I don't know. It just, I was checking to make sure it was turned on and I must have hit something wrong and turned it off. Really? Is that why you came home at 3.15 this morning? So where were you? Oh, I was, I, I just was, uh, well, let me explain something to you. I've never had my location just, <gasps> and you know what? If I don't play with it, I don't have to worry about it ever being off. So why did you talk to me? And he goes, I hate the fact that you know everything I'm doing. And I said, really? Because even if your daddy don't, God does. He's got the best find a friend there is. And you ain't going to turn that one off, Hot Rod. So you may hide something from your mama and your daddy. And you, I said, do you understand? You live in my house. You're riding a Jixer 1000 motorcycle, son. It's loud enough the whole neighborhood knows when you come home. Do you know what he does? He does 65 miles an hour down one of the 25 mile an hour roads and turns his bike off and coasts into where none of the neighbors know I came in at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, except, you know what? My garage door goes, nah, 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 nah. 3.15 in the morning, woke me up.
You know how many times your mama woke up looking at her phone saying if you're all of a sudden, ah, look, his location came. It didn't come back on, son. And I heard, oh, Jesus, whatever he's doing, God. And then now your daddy can't sleep and the machine's pulling on me and everything's pulling on me and I'm like, I'm going to kill him when he gets home. I ain't running halfway. I'm shooting. Ain't no, I'm lazy. I ain't running nowhere. I'm done. Dummy, I like my sleep and you ruin it. For what? Well, dad, I have a hard time sleeping. Then tell me, dad, I'm going to go shoot pool at the casino where he works with the guys that he works with. I don't care. You're on a motorcycle, you deal hole. He, you're out there doing stupidness on a motorcycle in the middle of the cotton-picking night with drunks and everybody else that you know are drunks because they come from where you're at, and you're driving on, done. What do you think? Leave it on. Well, I didn't want you to be disappointed. No, instead, you made me not sleep. That's what God's telling you. I want you. I love you. Go do what you want to do. But understand, when you're ready to come back, here I am. I'm going to open my arms. I'm going to hug you. I'm going to say, welcome home. Thank you for not being too stupid. Who is the God you serve? Who is God to you? He's waiting. He's not going to stone you. He wants to hug you. He wants to restore you. He wants to give you everything you lost back. You see, when you repent, God wants to restore you fully. Gary, I know this is going to be a shock. (laughs) I hold grudges sometimes. It's a little until I'm ready to let them go. I'm the only man in here that's ever done that. Do you know when somebody apologized to me, I make them prove they were really sorry. You think I'm taking your word? You've just told me you lied to me already. Why would I take your word? No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit there. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to make you prove it to me. And when you earn it, then maybe I'll accept your apology. My father-in-law, it's been, what, 27 years I've been waiting. <laughs> He'll get it right one day. I'm just trying to explain something to you. You see, when God comes back, how many of you, you, you know, we think that God's holding our sin over top of us, and it's like, yes, I forgive you. Until, boom! <laughs> yeah, I knew you were lying! That's not the way He does things. What He does is when you come back and you repent... You know what repent is? A repent is when you're serious and you say, I'm truly sorry and I want to never do it again. Not, I'm sorry I got caught. That's not a repent. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm sorry. My son said, I'm sorry that I didn't. No, you ain't. You sorry you got caught. There's a difference. You see, when you come back and you repent with a repentant heart, which means you truly are regretful for what you've done, and you want God to help change you to where that pull, that temptation, that thing never pulls you in the same direction again. That's a repentant heart. When you do that, what's He does? He restores you to whole. He doesn't fix you a little. He restores you 
too whole. For you that raised your hand, that you had somebody in your life that knew Christ and has walked away, I have good news. When they turn and they're in their total, you understand? When they're at their total desperation point, their total point of of desperation, when they get there, and they turn, the God we serve is going to run to them. He's going to meet them more than halfway. He's going to go, and He's going to bring them back, and He's going to restore them just like they were new. Amen? We've got to remember, quit trying to change God into what you want and change yourself and your lives into what he requires. God has a purpose. If he can use a crippled hillbilly, what can he do with you? Do you understand? I ran from God. And when he restored me, he made me just as I was when I served him before I ran. Hope. Keep the faith for those that are walked away. But you need to also check yourself. You need to make sure that you're not changing God to be Allah where you can kill thousands of people in the name of a God. That just doesn't make sense to me. What I want you to understand is in order for you to serve God and be 100%, you have to know who He is. He sent Jesus here to show you who He is. But keep faith. Keep praying. And don't give up. Father, I love you for your word. I love you for this family of God. I pray right now, Lord, as as we hear your word, as what you have given today, God, that you will give us hope. Let us realize who you truly are and your compassion to us, God, that we would not rebel against you, but, God, that we would also run to meet you and we'll give you praise for what you're doing in this community, in this in this family, Lord God, in Jesus' precious name, and everyone says, amen. God bless y'all. Thank you again for uh, allowing us to come. I love being here. Y'all are family. I hope you know that. Be blessed this week. And don't, I think.